Okay, well, we had the greeting question this week of what's something you're trying to stop, and um, Jacob did a good job making it personal and relevant and contemporary. What's something right now you're thinking of stopping? I, I'd, I'd even thought of, oh, I, I can do something real safe, like I stop sucking my thumb, you know. That's not current. That's not very true. So he was saying, what's something now you're trying to stop? Um, and one of the things for me is, uh, I, I'm, I, I, I fight with this. I, I, I get through periods when I'm good at it, and I get through periods when I'm not good at it, but I I have this tendency, and I can make all sorts of good excuses about it, but I, but I have this tendency to, to get distracted in the morning and to jump into work. Um, and my time in the Word, my time with God, my little quiet time of focus, suffers for it. The, the, you know, I, and I, you know, yes, I do work you know, folks overseas that are nine hours ahead, so I, I have early morning meetings and stuff sometimes. But I'm always up before my meeting. So it's not like really I wake up and go hi or wake up and Skype them or wake and WhatsApp them. I always have time and what I do with that time is do I, do I read the news, do I read email or do I actually hey, give the day to God and get centered on him as the day begins. Now, so that, that's one of the things I'm trying to, to stop is, is getting distracted and getting into work before I, I, I get my orientation and focus on, on God for the day. Um, that's something I'm, I'm working on. Sometimes I do better than others. But <clears throat> So you all may have had something that you share with somebody, something you're trying to stop. Um, and it takes effort. It's not easy. Um, and there are things that you do. And, and that's, life is like that. We have a lot of things that we're trying to grow in. None of us wants to be, I don't think, I hope, none of us wants to stay stagnant in life. To think that we've arrived and I want to be just like I am now for the rest of my life. Like all of us want to grow, all of us want to develop, all of us want to grow. And, and, and as we talk about here in our, in our faith with God, we, I, I want to be more like Christ six months from now than I am now. I want to I have more of his character reflected in me next year than there is now. I want to know him more in the days ahead than I know him now. It's this process, it's, 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 it's this journey that we're on. Um, and the, one of the challenges for us actually is, is, is making progress. And sometimes it's actually even dealing with issues in our lives. Sometimes it's, it's actually changing um, behaviors and overcoming some hurdles and obstacles that we have. Um, and so today we're, we're going to talk about that. And my hope is that in our, in our time today as we look at this passage in, in Colossians, that it's going to be actually helpful for making progress in our faith. Um, and, and I... I the, the, we've been in the book of Colossians and he's been sort of walking through. I, I've loved this. I don't know if you've liked it as much as I have, but, I, but I've loved looking at the book of Colossians because we've sort of seen Paul's message build and grow and he's just been talking about who we are in Christ, what he's accomplished in Christ, you know, this new reality, this new identity, all this stuff. And right now, we talked about last week, he's making the shift from almost the theoretical, the philosophical, you know, this is, this is what God has done, this is who Christ is, and now he's shifting to how does that play out in our lives? How do we do it? Um, and, and so last week, you know, the passage was, you know, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is the right hand of the Father. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. So there was this whole concept that Christ is your life, so let's live for him. Understanding who we are and what he's done for us is the foundation out of which we live this new life. Because we are in Christ. Well, this week we're going to sort of take it the next step. And now Paul's going to get specific. He's going to get a little bit uncomfortable. He's going to like, you know, um, point to some things in our lives that probably need to change. 
And my hope is that as we look at this, we'll, we'll see, yeah, these are some specific issues we've got to be careful for in our life, and we can take some, some straightforward precautions and some steps to root these things out. Um, but my, my, my hope is, is that as we walk through this passage, we'll, we'll come away with a commitment um, to actually make change. That we'll come away to a commitment to say, hey, based on what God has done for me, and based on this new reality that he has given to me, I'm going to make changes. And the way I state it was real simple. It just says, because we're new, let's get rid of the old. God has done something. He has changed us. He's given us new life. So it's time to get rid of the stuff that just doesn't belong. It's to get rid of the stuff that no longer fits. Because we're new, let's get rid of the old. And so we're going to read this passage again and we'll talk through it. And as I read it, actually, just notice the language that Paul speaks of. He uses a couple different phrases about getting rid of what was before and, 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 getting what we ha- and, and focusing on the new. And so this, this week is primarily about getting rid of the old. But I want you to notice the contrast and notice how Paul tells us to get rid of it um, as we read the passage. So we're, we're in Colossians, still, uh, and we'll keep walking through until we get to the end of the book. But we're in Colossians 3, 5 to 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Colossians 3, 5 to 11. And I'll read it, and we'll just, we're going to walk through the passage. Um, but notice the contrast of what we're supposed to you know, put aside and, and the contrast between the old life and the new life. So here we go, Colossians 3, 5 to 11. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So you can see how he's shifted now. In the past he's talking about all these things and now he's saying put off these specific actions, get rid of these things because you're new. So it's because we're new, let's get rid of the old. So we're going to walk through this. Um, but before we go in, I just want us to remember the whole foundation of this is what we talked about last week. The whole reason why we were able to put off the old, the whole reason why we're able to make these changes is because of this new reality that God has given us in Christ. The image of the invisible God who came and lived in flesh and who's given us fullness in Christ, who has forgiven us, who's made us blameless, free from accusation, who's trans- God has transformed, transferred us from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of the Son he loves. All, he's, just, he's all and on and on and on in the book of, of Colossians. He's talking about what he's done. We've died, we've been raised. And now, since we're new, since we're new, let's get rid of the old. Now, so let, I'm going to start off just the first couple words of verse 5. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then, then, he, um, then he begins to describe what they are. So as, you, as we read the passage, you saw this clear distinction between the old and the new. Between what leads to death and what leads to life. Between what is earthly and what is above. Right? And so, so you saw that contrast to the whole thing. He says, he says put, together, you know, put away whatever is a part of your earthly nature. 
Then if you remember in verse 6, he says, verse, he says, you used, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And then verse 7, he says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. He goes, but now you must rid yourselves. Verse 9 says, do not, you know, do not lie to each other since you've taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new, which is being renewed. So do you see, one of the first observations here is there's a huge contrast between the old and the new. There's, a, there's supposed to be this break. In other words, there are behaviors, there are actions, there are practices that the culture does, that the society does, that we did, that now have no place in our life in Christ. Things that were normal, things that were accepted, things that were okay, that, that actually are not, they're not okay in our life with Christ. And so Paul's saying, you've got to break with the old. There's this radical separation between these two things. Now, I just want to give you an example. Now, I, I, now some of you guys are in the medical field. Have you, any, a lot of you have been to a, to a doctor's office or to a hospital, and they have these containers that, like, they put in the needles and that kind of stuff. What are those little containers called? Like, what is it, what's that? Sharps containers, okay, something like that. But you, you, you basically, you need to, that's, thank you. That's what I, I, I don't know these terms. Somebody else said, what, what, that, that musical thing was a pad this morning. These containers are called. But imagine this is one of those containers. This is one of those containers that you put in, whether it's syringes or other things, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's the materials after a surgery or whatever. Just, there's a hazardous waste box that you put stuff in. And I'm even going to say, I'm going to pretend this actually has stuff they don't use the box for. Even imagine, let's, let's imagine that you're getting a surgery. And, 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 they, and you had this awful infection. So they're going to clean out the infection. They're going to cut the wound. They're going to be, you know, cleaning up all this stuff. And they're using, you know, scalpels. They're using gauze. They're, they're, they're just clearing out pus and infection. I'm doing all this delicious stuff, right? I'm preparing you for lunch real well. No, but, they, but, but they're doing all this just disgusting material. Hazardous. Infectious. And this is not a hazardous... This is an ASIC shoebox. But pretend like this is... And so they're just like slopping this, not slopping, they're putting this stuff in here. <laughs> and so you have this box full of disgusting, infectious, dangerous materials. So this is one of those sharp, what's it called? Sharp, okay, that's what this thing is. Okay? That's the old. That's what things were before. That's the things that lead to destruction and harm. So, how do I want to go about my day? Do I want to go about my day with this box? I might fall down. Do I want to walk around and go, oh, what's in here today? I want to go, ah! Do I, do I want to play with this box? Do I want to incorporate this box in my life and the contents in my life? I want to break from the things that have brought disease, that have brought destruction, that have brought pain, that are part of the old life. I want them out of me, and I want them away from me, and I want to get rid of them. That's sort of the image Paul's saying. He's saying, you have died to these things. You've been now brought back to life with Christ. It's interesting. He, and he, we'll talk about the specific sins in a minute, but I, I want to give you the concept 
These are things we need to break from. Things that are serious, things that lead to destruction, things that are harmful, things that are dangerous, things, things that are associated with death. Those are the things that have been removed from us by Christ. And we got to get rid of them. And so, so he says, he says, put to death these things. So, so the first point I want to talk about, there's supposed to be this clean break. Because these things are dangerous. These things are part of the old. They're not supposed to be a part of the new. So there's a huge contrast between the old and the new. Another thing I want to highlight, another little theme that goes on here, is, is he talks about it's going to take conscious effort to deal with it. Notice the terminology in verse 5. He says, put to death. He doesn't say, let it die a slow, painful death. He says, kill it! Kill it! Put it to death. Look what he says. He, he continues on. He, he says in verse, um, he says, what is it? Yeah, verse, verse 8. He says, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Okay, so, so dealing with these issues, de dealing with the, and we're going to talk about the sins in a second, dealing with these things takes effort, it takes attention. Okay. Last night, I, I got to watch the. Game three of the NH NHL finals and saw this incredible win by the Nashville Predators. It was unbelievable. It was phenomenal. It was great on TV. It was great. It was fantastic. And you know what? They called me today and asked if I'd join the team. <laughs> What's so funny? You didn't know I, I, I skate all every week? I don't. You didn't know I, I have cat-like reflexes? I don't. You didn't know I, I, I can handle a, I don't know how to hold a hockey stick. I don't. So, by accident, I'm not going to become good enough to be recruited by the NHL. Never going to happen by accident. I'm not going to wake up one day and I get a phone call. Oh, why are you calling? Oh, yeah, great! If I actually wanted to be good at hockey, you know how many hours I have to put in? There are people who study how you have to master something. It's, it's like, is it, I can't remember if it's 10,000 hours. Is that right? You need to have at least 10,000 hours of something to become a master at it. And they see almost anybody can master almost anything. You just got to plug in the time. It's going to take you 10,000 hours to do it. My point is this. We're not going to put to death. We're not going to get rid of these things in our lives. We're not going to overcome the battle with sin accidentally. The language Paul gives is very strong. Put to death, rid yourselves of these things. So that's another principle. I just want to just, those themes are sort of highlighted as you go through the passage. Well, let, let's read a little farther and see what he says. So he says. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now what Paul's doing, he gets this, sort of these two large groupings. He does this grouping first and a couple of verses down he gives another set of groupings. These, this, these sort of characteristic general sins that have been a problem with humanity from the beginning and will be until eternity. And until we enter in eternity, until Christ returns. The, 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 the whole arena of morals and specifically sexual morality is a core issue for humanity. It has been it is, it will be. And if we deny that reality and think, oh, that's for everybody else, then we're just fooling ourselves. And so Paul, he uses you know, several terms to describe it. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. 
He says, you've got to kill these things. You've got to put them to death. And then he also talks about greed. And he calls that even idolatry. This desire to please our own desire, to get what we want, to accumulate as much as we have, as we, as we want, to focus on our own desires, even against others. And when we do that, he calls that idolatry, because we're setting something else in front of God. Namely, ourselves and what we're trying to acquire. And so he says, hey, you've got to put to death these things. And then he says, next word he says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. He's saying, look, these are things that are so serious, this is what God is coming to judge. He is, I mean, we don't like to talk about it very much, but he is going to come one day, and he is going to judge sin. And those whose sin has not been forgiven will suffer the punishment and will suffer his wrath for eternity. That, it's, it is coming. And it's because of these types of sins that it is coming. So how, how can we allow ourselves to get involved? How can we allow ourselves to be associated with these things? How can we get involved in these things when they should have no part of who we are and they're actually the cause of his wrath that is coming? They're dangerous. They're destructive. They're harmful to us and to all those around us. And it's just like us doing this. He says, don't do it. He says, put it to death. I mean, sin can be appealing. I'll give you an application point in just a second. In one of the books, he, I love how he describes especially the sin in this area. He goes, he goes, it's like fishing. It's like a fishing lure. How does a fishing lure look to fish? Delicious. Gorgeous. Enticing. Perfect. Until the hook pierces and he's done for. That's what sin in the sexual arena looks like. It looks beautiful. It looks fantastic. It looks, it looks wonderful until the hook sticks through you and there's all sorts of consequences. We've got to put to death these things. The other type of sins that he describes here he says, he goes on, he says, you know, um, put to death therefore what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Sorry, that was fast. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. That was before. It, it, I don't expect anything different. Because you weren't really of Christ. That's the norm. That's okay. That's acceptable in the culture. It's not to make it right. Because that's what you used to do. But now you must rid yourself. He says, and also of all these things. And he lists out, now he lists out things that have to do with anger and things in relationship. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Now we've got to get rid of some of these internal emotions. The ways that we look at other people. The ways that we respond. He says, we've got to get rid of these things as well. And then in verse 8 he says, you know, and don't lie to each other since you've taken off the old self and have put on the new, which is being renewed. I, I've sort of... Uh, the, these two areas are very interesting. The whole sexual arena area and then the whole anger, frustration. I, th I think these are two sort of core issues that we struggle with in life. I, I've, I've made a decision that is probably... It was, 
just probably a month and a half or two ago, I said there's two books that I want to read every year. Um, one book is called The Purity Principle by Randy Alcorn. And I've read it once the last three years. It's a 90-page book. And it's just about purity in that realm. And, and he uses that illustration of the lure in the fish's mouth. And he gives other illustrations that sort of help remind you of the impact of sin. And what happens when we fall and, 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 the, and, and, and how to overcome it. And so that's one book that I just say, hey, I'm going to read that every year. It's 90 pages. That's not long. It's a worthwhile investment. I'm going to read that book every year. There's another book called um, Unoffendable. And that book sort of talks about how just that we need to approach this world with grace. And we need to extend grace to others. And, and, and we need to extend the forgiveness that we've received from Christ. And we're going to move beyond being offended <laughs> and angry. And my response is not going to be to be offended. And so, so th those actually two books I have to say, I'm just going to read every year just because I know that at my core as a person, as a human, these are issues that I will always struggle with, but that I want to rid myself of and I want to put to death. And that's how you say, say, hey, what, what can you, it may not be, you, you, you may pick something else. You may not be a book, it may be an accountability thing. You say, hey, I'm working on this, or it may be whatever. But I just say, hey, we, we've got to take this seriously. We've got to put to death, we've got to take active measures to ensure we're not falling in these areas so that we can grow. But the beauty is, we're growing in line with who we are. God has made us new. We are in Christ. And that's what he says here. He says, he goes, we have put aside these things. He goes, you know, don't lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator, of its creator. You know, not only has God forgiven us, not only have we been forgiven in Christ, we're actually in him and he is in us. And by his spirit he's empowering us and he's changing us. So it's in his strength and in his power that we live in the new and set aside the old. That we say, hey, this old is not who I am. It's not what I want to be. And by God's strength, I'm going to put it aside. I love how he ends the passage. He says, here, just in case you think this is just for a certain type of person. He lists every kind of category possible. He is not, is not the Gentile or the Jew, the circumcised, the uncircumcised, the barbarian, Scythian. It's people that don't, aren't quite sure the barbarian. He said, maybe the barbars were people that were hard to understand. They were like the non-Greeks. And the Scythians were seen as sort of like the absolute um, uncultured folks that were sort of like, nomadic and wandered around. But the whole thing is, he's just naming all these different categories of types of people. So he says, barbarians, Gideon, slave or free. He says, no, it doesn't matter. In Christ, none of that matters. But Christ is all and is in all. So the reason why I make these changes, the way that we can make these changes is because of Christ. So that's the main point is, because we're new, let's get rid of the old. Because Christ is in us, because he's made these changes in us, because he's come to live in us, let's get rid of the old. Let's not play games. Let's not coddle 
Let, 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 let's not just you know, keep it close. Let's get rid of what is of death and destruction and which pulls us from Christ. Amen? Let's pray. God, we do thank you just for the, the privilege of being your children and how you have, how you have made us new. How in Christ we do have life. God, help us to put away the things that just don't fit anymore. The things from our old way of life, whether it's, whether it's in areas of morality and, or whether it's in areas of, of relationships and anger and frustration and deceit. God, not that we have a checklist, but that we want to be transformed into your image. We, we want to be renewed. We want to be made like you. So we ask you to do that in our lives. Give us just even strength this week to make progress in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.